What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Multiverse Monologues, the podcast show where we like to travel across the multiverses and fandoms that we love to talk about the movies and television shows that accompany those universes. I am your host, Ben Rayside, and today on our weekly show, I am joined as always by Mr. Ethan Westloff. Ethan, how are you? I'm doing great. It's another week of news and television and movies. I'm excited to talk about it, but as always, I'm excited to be here with you, Ben. We, we certainly have a lot to talk about. And yes, of course, I share in the sentiment because we do the Marvel Movie Marathon. We review movies, but some of the best times is just going over everything that is coming. And whoa, did we get a lot of more news this week. And uh, we've also got, obviously, uh, The Mandalorian to talk about. The very new episode that came out uh, just today. I, I mean, I, I'm hours away. You're hours away from just fresh off getting eyes on The Mandalorian episode two. And uh, we're going to give you thoughts on that. We've got some very interesting news as it relates to Daredevil Born Again. Some news that just dropped yesterday, which was which was big. Usually when uh, we text in that group chat and... Uh, we have a oh hey this person's confirmed i am always skeptical but i went online and this was confirmed immediately by me so we're going to talk about the new recent daredevil punisher news and uh, we've got a bunch more some some lord of the rings news and uh yeah so that that's we've got we've got quite a few uh, bit of news on the docket so we're going to go through all of that but first I want to ask you. I want to ask you a question, Ethan. I, I want to maybe start this every week because every week I, I think to myself as I'm listening to music or you know, kind of going over like fandoms and thinking about projects that you know I want to see down the road that are like unconfirmed. You know, we have nothing in the works for this. I just, as a fan, I would love to see it. So I, I kind of want to start this question of the week scenario. Kind of come up with a question of the week, and they aren't all going to be you know the same. But this is getting you thinking, it's getting me thinking, and I wanted to get you guys thinking. So if you guys have an answer to this question, leave it down in the comments below, because I really would be interested to hear what you have to say. Yeah, and write us a review on Apple Podcasts or uh, leave us a review on Spotify or leave a comment down on YouTube. As Ben said, we, we'd love to get that. And any any review we get on Apple Podcasts, we will read it on this show every week. It would be greatly appreciated, but I want to get your I want to get your take on this question. Will you also be answer, answering this question? Yeah, if, yes, I will okay. be answering this question. But I, I want to hear what you had to say because really, I was thinking while I was listening to some music, how cool it would be if this project got made. You know, there's so much potential just sitting there. Why can't we get this project? And I'll talk about it in a minute, but I want to hear what you think about this because I, I'm sure you have your wishes when it comes to fandoms. And the question is, you get three wishes across all fandom, Lord of the Rings, Marvel, Star Wars, DC, Walking Dead, across all universes, you get three wishes as far as future content comes out now this isn't including you know future projects wishes for those future projects these are this is a television show or a movie that you would love to see that is not confirmed so this is future i can't rewrite shows from the past no you can't i can't okay. it's all it's only for the future what you'd want to see because if we could do that we'd be here all day you know i would go on a rant about the sequels about kenobi unfortunately those are those are set in stone 
But what is not set in stone is the future. The future is always in motion. So, as that relates to this, you get three wishes as far as content grows across any fandom. What three projects would you want to see in the future? All right. So, number one pick. And this is going to sound kind of weird because we are currently getting something similar to this right now in the making. But it is not what I would wish. What My wish, my first wish, my genie in the bottle wish mm. is a Daredevil season four from Netflix made by the same creators that created the thir- first three. Season three ended, you know, with Karen, Foggy, and Matt starting their a new firm it ended with Kingpin back in prison and it ended up by setting up bullseye with adamantium in his spine. I want to see that season of television. And it looks like even though we are getting daredevil born again, a revival of sorts, which I am so stoked for. I really am. And we'll talk about it later in the show. I just really wish I could get a daredevil season four from Netflix. Nothing can compare to, those first three seasons and (laughs) regardless of what the MCU does with born again, I don't even know if he'll touch what they've already done with the first three seasons. Part of the reason I'm asking this is because as a fan, is it wrong to feel so entitled for this? You know, like why wouldn't they just do that? You know, why wouldn't they make something that is, Get all the people back. You know they would come back. You have all the actors anyway. They've, Deborah Ann Wolf. Yeah. You know, they've all said that they would come back. You get the writers. You get the stunt choreographers back. Why is that so hard for Hollywood to to make projects like this? You know, like just do that. It's all you already have a fan base built in, and it's perfect television it literally is some of the best television not even superhero just television yeah and i knew you were going to talk about this so i didn't <laughs> add this to my list but it would be close on i mean i have three projects that i would want more than this but it's in there man yeah daredevil was such a great it's it's i don't know if i'd say it's the greatest thing like you of superhero of the superhero genre but it it's is one of the standouts of marvel at least it's so good yeah. and so underappreciated and you know, I've talked to so many people and they, oh yeah, it's none of the Netflix shows. I haven't watched it. Yeah. And the people throw it under the rug and they look at all this other superhero media. And this is just, it's so rich. The character of Daredevil is struggling with faith and morals and just the ethics of the Catholic faith working into his superhero vigilantism. Uh, <laughs> it's just so complex. And it is something that I know that Disney won't match. I don't think they'll get as religious as the Daredevil show got. I don't think they'll get as dark as the Daredevil show got. I don't know if the writing will be as good as the Daredevil show got. It just, I don't think they can live up to what was set up. And I think that's a mistake because they're losing it all in service of their greater universe. Right? The reason that we're not getting a straight up season four is because they want to rework the character, rework some of the story elements to fit into the larger narrative of the MCU, which is cool because, I don't know, I, I, I want to see Daredevil meet Spider-Man. Of course. I want to see that, but I also want to see my self-contained Daredevil story. I'm at the point where if I'm watching Daredevil, I don't care about any other character. 
I'm watching that because it's Matt Murdock. I don't need my Spider-Man cameo. It's not like the the She-Hulk thing where we're like, all right, who's who's going to show up here? Or right. the, the Hawkeye finale where we thought Spider-Man might show up. No, when I'm watching Daredevil, that's all I care about. That is, that's the world right there. That's the superhero media I want. I don't need this cameo stuff. So, yes, I'm, I, I, my first pick is Daredevil season four. That's a great number one pick. I'm going to go three, two, one. I have them right. I mean, all okay. of them I'd yeah. want to see. But I'm, yeah. For number three, I would say for me is something based on the Silmarillion. Mm. The greatest, one of the greatest books I've ever read is a prequel, basically the Lord of the Rings Bible. But they have to do it in a certain way because it's very, it's told like the Bible. In short, like if they were to do a Bible TV show, like they did that. I don't know if you're, they did, did you ever watch yeah. that? Yeah. It was like very episodic. They right. they had to take time and go. They were telling thousands of years of story. They'd have to do that with this too. So the only way to tell a very cohesive Silmarillion story is to do animated. To do it animated. And animation's got to a point where it's so good. You could do a Clone Wars-esque style of the Silmarillion storytelling. And you could tell all of the epic stories that you'd want it's animation so people probably wouldn't take it you know i'll be all up in arms like in uh the uh rings of power because let's face it being a part of the rings uh, the, the lord of the rings fan base when that show's coming out is not a great it's not a fun time but i i feel like there's such a need for i don't know why they're going for movies when you can do this and i guess animation is just not that well thought of because have you ever seen those older public cinematics? You asked me this last week. No, I have not. Okay. I'm probably going to ask you that more Every times. Week. Yeah. But the CG animation, you've seen clips of them though. You like, you know what I'm talking about when I say the older public cinematics, right? right? Yeah. Why can't we have a movie with that animation? Photorealistic animation. Like you ever seen Tintin? Yes. We had this exact conversation last week. Yeah. Yeah. So, do that. Go ahead. Do that. That's that's what that's what you need to do. But put that in the Silmarillion. Do that with the Silmarillion. That way, you just have to have voices, and that character model can go over thousands of years. That would be my number three pick, for sure. Like that, I absolutely would want to see something based off of the Silmarillion. Like I think people need to see that because not everyone's going to read it. It's a very challenging read. But there are stories that I think would be so cool to tell. It's all just epic stuff. Like the most epic battles you can possibly imagine. Satan versus one of the one of the elves, basically, is how I can put it. There's like three of those battles. Mm -hmm. It's it's grand and epic and it's very cool. That's my number three pick. My number my number two pick is actually a spin-off of my favorite show. So I am pitching a lost spinoff right now. <laughs> Whoa, yes. hold on. Wait a minute, though. This this doesn't have anything to do with the island. This is completely off the island. This takes place after the events of the finale of Lost. Kind of. If you've seen the finale of Lost, you know what I mean. But this will take place uh, on the real world, you know, on, on the rest of the planet. And it will follow the good old man Desmond Hume. As he is living with Penny, you know, as, as if you've seen Lost, you know, Desmond loves Penny. And what happens with Desmond in the show is he starts getting flashes of the future, right? 
it's actually some of the best episodes of Lost is when Desmond has flashes and he tries to fix things and the universe course corrects itself. So whatever happens, he can't really change it. But I think it would be really cool episodic television to have Desmond who can see the future just on adventures every episode. Oh, he gets a flash of the future. Let's see what he does with that. Because he never gets rid of that, right? He never, like, no, no. It ends and he still has that ability. It would satisfy both the lost fan in me right. and the purest in me to where I think the sixth season of that show are great. And adding anything on that would mess with the ending. But Desmond's a character who loves Penny and the ending heavily leans on him loving Penny. And that can just be the center of the show, their relationship. So I think that would be a great avenue to tell more stories with this character and to maybe sprinkle in some lore here and there of the greater lost world. Because I was going to say, you have all the characters, the four or five who leave the island. And right. We never really get and to I, see the I end I guess we're being pretty vague, but we're spoiling Lost, sort of, the yeah. ending. This is one of those spoilers where it's like, if you haven't seen it, you're probably going to forget about it by the time you watch the <laughs> show, especially by the end. And also, it's a show that came out, you know... Long, the, long time ago. It yeah. ended like 12, 15 years ago. So, <laughs> yeah, just about it ended in 2010. Yeah, so, yeah, so. 13 quite a while ago but that would be that's an epic pick man and i love time travel and he is the center of a lot of like uh time travel elements yeah so i think whatever you can do with that would be really fun no the, go the, ahead. the name of the show would be the constant of course whoa <laughs> this is a great idea man that's what i'm saying like these projects are complete money hits you know star wars theory who i do not like YouTube Star Wars guy, he's he like he's the probably the biggest Star Wars YouTube channel out there. I do not like him, but I was watching one of his live streams and it was after a Kenobi episode, a particularly disappointing episode four. And we're he's looking at all the reports and articles and he um he goes like he finds out that the writer was questioning on whether or not he could use elements because he didn't remember what the ending of Revenge of the Sith was. So he had to go back and look at that. And it was like, why are we hiring people like this mm-hmm. for fan favorite television? You know, why can't, and he goes, why it has to be perfect. The content that we are given, it has to be perfect. If it's not the way that we want it, then you have a problem. And like everyone clowned on him for that. You know, it's like, oh, Star Wars fan, try not to be mad, challenge impossible. You know, like, you know, you're always going to have star mad Star Wars fans. But there was a part of me that was like, he's kind of right, though. Like in Hollywood, for example, you get a, a series greenlit like Echo and you're sitting there scratching your head. Like, why? Why in the heck? Is this a TV show? And we'll talk about Echo later. We are. Why not Nova? Why not Ghost Rider? Two characters that are way more popular, who I would way rather see be a part of the universe, and they can just absolutely do that. Like, why Echo? You know? Mm -hmm. But stuff like that, 
You know, why why was this the way that even Bad Batch, I'll clown on that for a second, even though this up today's episode was absolutely fantastic. Why was that the way that they chose to go with Star Wars animation and not, you know, a, a sequel to Rebels mm-hmm. or something like that? Like it just leaves me scratching my head that why where are these decisions coming from? Man, I'm very excited to see where are you going with this? That's where I'm going with That's it. That's where that, you're going with that this. literally like why 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 is this what we're doing in Hollywood? It it some situations and choices just confuse me especially what, as of late. What spawned this? this you say this. This whole argument <laughs> talk like not argument, this whole question of what would you want to see, you know? So what what are you answering the question with right now? Just better animation or better projects, better TV, better television, better choices as far as what content we're getting, you know? Okay. Why? Why? Why is this the content we're getting? The, cool. It's cool to see Bad Batch, but there's there's way more cooler stories to tell. Like way cooler, and it's just sometimes, and even within the stories that we are given, the choices that are made in there, like like you were talking about with the Star Wars writers, is sometimes they don't they don't know everything, so you can't force someone to write a story on something. These stories are being told because Filoni wants to tell them, right? If no one wants to volunteer to write, protect, or direct and produce a certain show, it's not going to get made. Well, Filoni, because here's the thing. Everyone everyone says that, but Filoni is not involved Mm -hmm. as much at all with the Bad Batch. This is Brad Rao. This is Jennifer Corbet. They are the ones that are heading this up. And Dave Filoni may give input from time to time. He's taken more of a George Lucas role, whereas he's more of on the, you know, live action front, especially with Ahsoka. Like that's, that's all he's been doing recently. So he has not really, he's given input, but he has not been part of the bad batch and i feel like this was a hey dave filoni can do this oh okay no now he's with you know animation uh, and now he's with live action and you know he can't really do this but you know basically what i'm getting to is that just there is it's very confusing that and we could be getting just way better content especially with the the star wars movie like okay way better content ben pitch your second idea for dream content. And Go my ahead. second idea goes right into this as a Star Wars The Old Republic, which we just kind of talked about. But make a story centered around Darth Revan. Center it around the Mandalorians. He has great connections to the Mandalorians. And you said it all the way back in this time. I've said it a million times. And there's just all of this content and it's just sitting there. It's sitting there ripe for the picking. It is epic storytelling. If you get the right people involved, it could be so fantastic. But we are getting stories, no offense, like The Bad Batch, like Andor, which are good storytelling. But what could we be getting, you know? Way, like... Let me uh, let me interject here. Don't diss on Andor, Ben. Don't diss on I'm Andor. I'm not dissing on it. It's just questionable that that is a show that got greenlit before something uh, like Tony Gilroy had those scripts. He had that story idea and it is fantastic. And I That's agree. Greenlit. Yeah. But how, how could it, how, how does that some, how does that get greenlit? It's about a rebellion guy. This is a rebellion story. And while it turned out to be pretty good, pretty great. Why, 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 why is that the direction we went in? You know, that's, it, it okay. It turned out to be great, but <laughs> what what are we doing here? You know, 
go listen to our Andor podcast if yes. you're not catching our drift here. Yes. I love it. Ben likes it. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, so that's my second thing. It's an Old Republic trilogy with an army of Sith versus an army of Jedi. It's a wet dream for any Star Wars fan. Like that that's what you want, man. Like it's it's the greatest thing. And you don't even have to tell like focus on focus on Mandalore. Focus on the Mandalorians during that conflict. But it's it's a no-brainer money idea. And I think they're going to take it, you know, they're going to announce that new movie. We talked about that last week. They announced that new movie at Star Wars Celebration. And most likely it's going to be a sequel to the sequels all right heck yeah let's go that's what i'm saying i'm like that doesn't do anything to me i'm jazzed about it i'm over here i'll I'll watch it i'm gonna be excited but i mean recontextualize the sequels make them better let's go come on ben you get your old republic show that's made i uh sure whatever that's what i would want but I love your passion, though, Ben. I love I mean, your passion for it. The, the passion's oh, definitely you're very angry. Well, that's what I'm saying because I just got frustrated this week. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I just got a little frustrated. Any specific thing trigger you? Uh yes, my number one project. And I mean, I've Do talked just about roll it. right. Yeah, into I, I, go ahead. I, yeah, you got it. it. You got the stage right. It's now. of course. I mean, there's no new information here. It's just the the Snyderverse, of course. Oh, the Snyderverse continue, is number one. Continue it for without a doubt. Wow. Like, First and going, foremost, Snyderverse. If you're going to do Elseworld storylines, if you're going to have that as an option, why not just do it? But you also don't want to over-convolute it or spread your resources too thin. They're already doing that. But they're going to reset. It's going to be a little more streamlined, straightforward. If you're going to do an Elseworld storyline, it doesn't have to be set up. Do an Apocalypse-style Justice League film. You can't tell me that wouldn't be epic and finish off the characters. I can tell you, though, that I don't care. Let's end Snyderverse. Let's restart. I know. I I agree. (laughs) We do need to restart. And I love James Gunn's plan. Like, he has a great overarching plan. He can make it like the MCU. I'm all there for it. But we never got to finish this Snyder's story. I don't think they're going to do it well and flat. Maybe they will. But the stuff that was teased in Batman versus Superman and the Justice League is so epic. And I was watching those apocalypse scenes later earlier this week. And I was like, man, this is just such an interesting story that I would love to see in an era where a lot of superhero films coming out are, you know what you're going to get. And, you know, that's it. But you take the Justice League and put them in a post-apocalyptic setting with an evil Superman, who knows what you're going to get. You know, that's an interesting movie. So that that's my number one. And it just comes from a lot of fan frustration. You got a lot of fan frustration. Ben. I've got a lot of fan yes. frustration, and that's what I'm doing right now. Basically, I'm just airing this out. Well, I, I took this question as prompt as, as less fan frustration. I mean, there was there was some rooted in the daredevil of it all. But my third project... It's, it's going to be a fun one. Something That's that good, I would, a good way I would really enjoy to see. So we got Mission Impossible 7, Dead Reckoning coming out this year. And next week, or end of this month, we have John Wick 4. My brain went, okay, let's cross those two characters over. Let's get a John Wick 
Mission Impossible film. Whoa. Now, how would you do that? I don't know. Would Ethan Hunt be fighting John Wick? I mean, John Wick would absolutely murder Ethan Hawke in a couple seconds. Uh, so I don't know how you tell that story. Right. But I think in a time when action films aren't really huge anymore, mm. you have two of these franchises who are the best in the game right now. You have Mission Impossible and you have John Wick. I'd love to see that crossover. Yeah, for real. That would How be fun with Yeah. The so what you're kind of going into is the high table and how he John Wick fits into their whole kind of plan and I could exp- that gets expounded on in, in uh the third movie but they're basically the organization that is I don't know if they're evil or good but it's they're there and so you have MI uh MI MI not MI6 is it MI6 yeah, Mission MI6. Impossible the MI6 team no, is it MI6? I think it's just uh, the, the MIT, Impossible yeah. Task Force mm-hmm. or Mission Force. MIF. Yeah, that's MIF. There we go. And oh, the IMF. That's what it is. Yeah, Holy yeah, catfish. Yeah. <laughs> IMF. We're going to edit this out. <laughs> but they are on a mission because the high table has been meddling in affairs by the IMF. And they meet John Wake and they, they team up. They team up. That's yeah. a great idea. It would be very fun to see. Do you ended this off nicely? Yeah, less less That's frustration f- in my picks, yeah. I guess. I have too much of that built in. <laughs> That's a great idea, though. Could you imagine that as an end credit I am scene imagining it. to yeah. like a John Wick four? Like you see Ethan Hunt, and they're like, "We're to help you take down the high table or something like that." You know, who knows how? Like you said, now, you'd, you'd, how you'd have happen, to do but, a little genre mixing because the John Wick films are just. Much more dark than the Mission Impossible movies, but I think there's a tone and a balance you can yeah, the, for sure. The um, the Mission Impossible movies can get dark at times. Like there are certainly moments where you're like, whoa, oh, like the the whole mind thing that they put uh, uh what's his face through, the Carrie Russell. Yeah, yeah, um, that's pretty dark. That can get dark at times, and they can put John Wick down. I mean, you have a PG thirteen franchise and an R franchise, right? So. There's that, but even then, that would be epic. So, three epic projects, three projects that I would love to see. <laughs> Let me know if you'd like to see those projects, but most importantly, whose picks are better? Yeah, let us know. Well, let us know what you guys want too. Like, I know that everyone, if you could have three wishes, that I know you'd want something. Like, if you care about fandom in any way, there are projects that you'd love to see that haven't been greenlit yet. Let us know what those are. Put those down in the comments. We'd love to read them. And, um, yeah, that that would be that'd be great. Love to s- start this conversation because it's a conversation that I don't see on as far as, like, comic talk or Instagram. What projects you specifically would love to see in the future? You know? That's a great question. Every, everyone's got dreams, you know? Right. Yeah. I want to see this project. So let us know down below. But um, with that out of the way, like to do that every week now. Let's roll into projects that we are getting. Mm-hmm. And Mandalorian Episode 2 debuted today, The Minds of Mandalore. The Minds of Moria. What did Ethan Wensloff think about this episode? You know what? I, I quite liked it. I thought it was a pretty good episode of television. Not the best episode of The Mandalorian. There were some parts where it kind of was a little slow for me. But I think overall, what they established with uh, Bo-Katan and Mando 
and a little bit of Grogu, I, I thought was really fun. And I'm excited for what they're setting up. I, I like, I like how you have the the contrast between Bo-Katan, who believes that she is a real Mandalorian, and then you have Din Djarin, who believes that he's a real Mandalorian, and you get to see this conflict. You even see Bo-Katan maybe, maybe buying into what Din Djarin is selling a little. You know, that baptism sequence mm. was really cool. Yes. And we'll talk about what happens after that with the 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 mytho, mythosaur, is that oh, what it's called? Yeah. yeah. Okay, wow. And my favorite thing they did in this episode, though, I thought, uh, you know, I thought a lot of it felt a little blocky here and there. I yeah. didn't really I, care I, for yeah, the I agree robotic creature or how Din Djarin got kidnapped. I would have probably preferred the adventure if Bo-Katan just came straight up with Din Djarin instead of having to leave and come back with Grogu. But my favorite part of this episode is you have Din Djarin wielding the Darksaber. Mm. It's heavy for him. You know, his mind is getting to him. He can't wield that. Then later in this episode, Bo-Katan wields it. And it's like butter for her. Yeah, She is moving that swiftly through the air. I thought that was a nice addition to what already was like their conflicting relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think they're probably leaning towards setting up that somehow these two will come to head. We don't see it now because you have two different sects of Mandalore. You know, you have the Creed with the Din Djarin, but we'll we'll see where it goes. But I, I do like some of what they set up, but I do think a lot of it was kind of unnecessary. And I don't know. It was just action sake for action sake. They do the whole entrance into the minds of Mandalore twice. Yes. Din goes through and yeah. then Bo goes through and he, Sam even said, so we're just going to do this again. And then they zoomed in as they were walking through the creatures on the side. I'm like, okay, we have seen this before, but it was cool though, because you have Din Djarin, who's never been there telling Grogu about what he's dreamed this place to be and what it was. Hmm. And then you have Bo-Katan come in who has been here, who knows the actual history. You know, so you you get to see the mirror image of those two. I really like that. But yeah, they, I feel like they could have done it in a different way, and it did feel very uh, Filoni esque at points. Where I don't get I don't get what last week's episode was. He really abandoned the idea of getting IG eleven super quickly. Yeah, he saw Pelimoto, and she's like, "Well, heck, I got R five right here," and he just decides, "Okay, yeah. I guess there is another droid I can trust." Well, it's because he was like. Because his motivations, and that that's the big thing that have been, like, really, like, on my mind the last two episodes. Like, where are people at? Because he said at the start of the last episode, he was like, I need a droid so that Grogu can be protected while I'm going through here. And then in this episode, he's like, I need a droid who can take samples of the air and make sure it's breathable. But last episode, you had proof of that by the thing you showed Bo-Katan. That it was breathable. So Mandalore wasn't poisoned. And then here now you're questioning it. And then the same thing goes with Bo-Katan. She was like, especially in this episode, she was like, time to get rid of him once and for all. I'm like, dude, is she going to like blow up the ship or something like that? And then she was just like, heck yeah, I'll go 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 rescue him. And I was like, wait, what? So the only thing I think is maybe she was trying to take this moment Oh, Din's gone. Maybe now I can take the dark saber. So maybe that's where they were going. Well, with we are, it, but it's already established that uh, she knows she has to win it in combat. 
Right. So she can't just take it. I mean, maybe. But if is, Din dies, is there is there a rule that if he's dead, she can take it from him? That's a with, good question. With honor. I'm not sure we've ever seen that before. It's always been in the duel. So they they probably wouldn't mention that. But that's something I got to look into because you probably can. If we trace the dark saber history all the way back to Clone Wars, as far like Darth Maul had it, and then they found it in his lair, and Sabine got got it in Rebels. Right. So, so that wasn't one in combat. Yeah, yeah, and then she bequeathed it to Bo-Katan in season four. So that wasn't one in combat, but Sabine still wielded it. So probably you can still take it. But I like that I want to keep it in Din's hands because like you said, he does look very he looks cool. really cool when he wields that. Even even though we can't wield it well. Like yeah. imagine Bo-Katan sequences with that thing, but with Mando. <laughs> Like, I mean, heck, you don't have. You can just look at Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan wields it like a beast, too. No, she is. I mean, she knows she has wielded this thing mm-hmm. before. She wielded it during the purge. So, I was hoping we were going to get like a flashback or something because you know the dialogue certainly like seemed like they were going to like show a scene from yeah, like maybe even Clone Wars of like my family once used to rule this planet and i was like oh man maybe we could get something with Satine, maybe but we didn't get anything but what i did like is that they fleshed out her father and her and mando were talking about that and she's like my father was a great man and he was saying like he died he fought defending our home world and mando stops and he looks at her and he says this is the way this is the way and i was like that was my favorite part no of this episode. No sympathy or nothing. He's just like, this well, is the way. I think that was his way, actually, yeah. of showing sympathy. Mm-hmm. Like, there's honor in that. Even though it's hard, there's honor in that, that your father died defending you. We should all be so lucky, because that's how Mandalorians... I mean, that's the best way to die if you're a Mandalorian, in combat, defending your home, in the name of honor, which was the whole thing about Boba Fett, the finale, which wasn't really executed well. <laughs> we did get a Boba Fett name drop, though. I was wondering if he was going to cameo. because I was I, like, yeah. I kind of don't want to see you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't I would, see you, Boba. What I liked is that they really fast-tracked a lot of this. After did, this... My question is, did they fast-track some of it too fast? So I feel well, like the baptism has been built up as this huge thing and does he just do it is was that, is that it right. is that it yeah which i mean the the three seconds we got was really cool before he did he sink to the bottom or was he pulled to the bottom because it's very vague i want to believe that he was pulled because if he just sank to the bottom i mean that that armor's got to be heavy that's true he oh no he did take off his jetpack yeah and all of his tools so yeah that's true he may act that may actually have been what happened because I don't know if I saw a review that said he was pulled under. I don't I don't I'm not too sure he was pulled under. He could have been. I don't know. Yeah. How would that change things? If Well, you think that because of the mythosaur, right? That was down there, which what's your reaction to that, the that mythosaur? Was, I'm, we've never seen a mythosaur right. like before. Well, the only thing we've seen is that skull with the horns yeah. to the side. It looked freaking epic. They're saving it for something big, like a Book of Boba Fett reveal to where I think Amando's going to ride that thing against the Empire 100%. The mythosaur. 100%. Yeah. There's a prophecy that talks about that, actually. 
in the eons past uh, that the future Mandalore will ride the Mythosaur to victory against the, the, you know, the forces of tyranny or something like that. The armor says something about that in uh, Book of Boba Fett, I think. I think I'm not sure, but that would be that would be very epic if that happens. But it was a good episode of Mandalorian, a little bit better than last week, I would say. But we haven't reached a what's the story, right? right. What's the, what's the story of this season? I'm hoping that next episodes they're like, okay, you're baptized now. Like I hope they do it again, and then it's like, now we got to go unite the tribes. And I mean, they've alluded to it, but this, I mean, this has been just, all right, we got to get the stuff that we've promised to set up out of the way, and then we're going to continue with the story. Right. So there was also some dialogue that Bo-Katan said that was clunky. Like, did you think your father was the only Mandalorian? Yeah, that, that line played really cool in the trailer, but I don't really know how it fit into the ep- episode. Because, <laughs> I mean, Grogu's seen so many Mandalorians since this time, like... That's a that's a weird line. It is. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. How does that fit? There was there was three Mandalorians on the bridge when you were rescued by Luke. There was Mandalorians that rescued you on Navarro. Yeah. There was a million Mandalorians on that one. There was a like a ton. So I'm like, no, clearly he didn't think it. It was a trailer line that I wish they'd cut right from the episode. But no, other than that, Bo-Katan was, was pretty no, sick. She yeah, was. Pretty sweet. I love that she is a character, especially because she got like, it was her and Grogu for a portion of this episode. So it was like, all right, she's going to get, she's going to be a main focus of this story. And it's not just going to be Mando, which so, I enjoy. What do you think the purpose of Grogu is in the story right now? Because two seasons led up to him handing him off to Luke. And now he's back. And he's doing the same thing he did before. Do you want the uh, the in-universe reason or the out-of-universe reason? I know the out-universe reason. I want to know the in-universe reason. What the heck? He just he just missed him? So I guess if it makes me feel a little bit better if he was with Luke for two years. So there was time that passed, but we weren't given that. So right. I don't want to take that at face value. I don't want to be told that from, you know. I, I honestly thought when Mando went to Pelimoto at the beginning of this episode that he was going to drop Grogu off. Like he's done before. Oh, I need you to watch Grogu for me. Babysit him. I have this little boy that I need you to watch again. Well, it would make more sense though, right? Right. She knows how to take care of him and he's got to go to this dangerous planet that he apparently now doesn't know that it's toxic or not. But it is cool because um, uh, we haven't seen it since the book of Boba Fett, but uh, when Luke has the lightsaber out and then was it the chainmail right Mm -hmm. and Grogu picks the chainmail the Mandalorian Vascar armor right and as they're flying down to Mandalore uh Din Djarin's talking to Grogu this is our place like so is this all leading to at the end of this series the Mandalorian is Grogu is Grogu just gonna become a full-blood Mandalorian by the end of this that's really interesting is it interesting? The Mandal- is the Mandalorian Din Djarin that the show is focusing on, or is this actually Grogu's story? Yeah. I think it's a cool thing well, to think about. It's, and I like that you bring it up. It's a tidbit that I forgot about. This is our home planet. Mm-hmm. Mando talking to Grogu as if they are both Mandalorians. And you know, Mandalorian is not a race, it's a creed. So as long as you take the oath, who knows? 
So that's that's interesting. The in-universe story reason for Grogu being there, I guess, is to he wanted to be with Dendron. He picked. He wanted to, to be yeah. with him. That was his choice that he did. And I, I was thinking back to that. I like that Luke gave him a choice, and it wasn't just. No, it can't be a Jedi. If you want to be a Jedi, you can be. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to, you don't have to. It's it shows that he was learned. He learned from the Jedi of old. Like, no, yes, very dogmatic. But now he's he's making that choice to say, no, you you choose your own destiny. If you want to come with me, come with me. But if you want to go with Mando, and of course he chooses Mando. So it it benefits all the out of universe and in universe, you know characters and fans would i rather have grogu with mando at this point in the story probably not i think this story can exist without grogu and grogu as a character have we really seen any progression i mean he forces that creature out of the cave but we've seen him do stuff like that before so the only interesting thing for me with Grogu is his Order 66 origin. Right. His origin. Yeah. And how we, did he get to where he is now? Right. And that reason could potentially be very interesting as far as, you know, who is involved with his departure. But we don't know that yet. We know that we're probably going to figure that out in this season via trailers and such. But what happened? I don't know. I just it'd just be cool to see Anakin again, because it looks like someone's coming through that door. I'm. I, have you seen the trailer? <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know what scene? You know what shot I'm talking about? Yeah, they, they already had Hayden back for uh, Kenobi. Just have him shoot a little scene where he tries to kill Grogu, and Grogu uh, does uh, some force choke and one v one duels him. Holy crap! Now that would get me pissed. <laughs> Holy cow! <laughs> Anakin would not leave him alive if he started to duel with him. But, yeah. What if Grogu is actually the chosen one? He's the one to bring balance to the force. He is, yes. We just haven't seen it yet. Well, we also need an answer to where he was in the sequels, too. Right. (laughs) Well, I guess this is their way of correcting that, though. Because if he was to go with Luke, guaranteed he'd show up there. Mm -hmm. But now he's with Mando. What if the new story is with Grogu and Rey? She finds him. He's the leader of Mandalore. Because what? It's uh, 20 years from then? Hmm. So do you think they had a story Hmm. for season three that didn't include Grogu? Or did they just find a really cool opportunity to put a CGI Luke in a couple episodes of television? I think what happened was they ended season two. And Disney was like, there's no... And I think they'd already heard rumblings of it. And Disney was like, there's no way that this show can exist without Grogu. He's the reason that it's become the most popular thing in the world. And let's be honest, it is. That's why it's reached a public, wider audience. That's why Ange has seen, my sister-in-law has seen every episode of Mandalorian when she would probably not otherwise. But I think their story was ultimately to end up giving him to Luke, and then that was it. Mm. And then Book of Boba Fett came around and they were like, yeah, figure out a way to get him yeah, back in the It certainly feels that way. It does. It does. Obviously, no one's ever going to admit to that. And 40 years down the line, we might get, you know, 
but it feels that way just as long as time progression goes they don't really answer anything about that and I think the story can exist without him but I'm not hating that he's in the story like his commu- his little communication showing Grogu this one's Mandalore this one's Concord Dawn that's Kalevala it's where we a were very last week. good way like I was thinking about this this episode it's a great way you have a narration hmm. without having a narrator because Din Djarin tells the audience along with Grogu what we need to know. Yeah. It's the best way. Well, I wouldn't say it's the best way, but it is certainly is a way to deliver a lot of exposition to someone who can't talk. I'm just going to tell him in a way telling the audience all about the future and the, the past of Mandalore which is has a very rich history, but it, it <laughs> there were times when I was like, okay, all right, this feels a little too much like right in my face. Like, I know this. I know you don't need to tell me that Mandalore is poisoned for the millionth time. It's, oh, apparently Mandalore is not cursed, like Bo-Katan said, you know, last season in The Mandalorian, you know, like, <laughs> okay, I get that. You don't need to say that. <laughs> But yeah, just little nitpicks. I am enjoying the Mandalorian. Yeah. Like it's very good. It's no Andor, but it also doesn't help that (laughs) the last two weeks of the two Mandalorian episodes, the bad batch was better. Yeah. Both weeks, especially this week. I'm sitting here like, why did they? And also it's just really confusing why they had two Star Wars shows at the same time anyway, when they easily could have spaced them out. But people already aren't watching the bad batch you think that'll help it having the mandalorian air that also having them be the the two like one of two of the best episodes of the bad batch i'm like what what's going on here man as a fan me i don't care but why did the bad batch decide to go hard now (laughs) and especially where the bad batch are going i'm like what what are we doing here? We're going to have peak content for Star Wars coming out every week, twice I a week. I said this last week, but I will catch up on the Bad Batch this week. <laughs> I'll just keep saying it every week because one of these weeks it will have to happen. I always say I'll give you episodes, but you've been too far on this road now, dude. It's called the sunk cost fallacy. I am, the sunk cost I'm fallacy. I'm far too into Star Wars animation to start skipping episodes now. What was that video I just watched? Oh, it was The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead video you sent me about the sunk cost fallacy. I can't stop watching it because I've invested too much time. (laughs) I still stopped watching it on the last season. Yeah, you you didn't buy into the the fallacy. I got to finish it. I got to finish it. But yeah, that's The Mandalorian. And I'd be be very interested to hear what our listeners have to say. So if you're watching this on YouTube or even if you're watching it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, swipe over YouTube, leave a comment. Where are you at with Mando? Because I have seen some negative reaction to these first two episodes. I wouldn't say I'm negative on them, but I wouldn't say I'm as positive as I was on like seasons one and two, though. You know, as right. far as those go. Yeah. But I am very interested to see where it goes. And I'm also very interested to see what you guys have to say as well. So let's know what you think down below. And um, I, I, I should have asked, is there anything else you want to mention for Mando? No, let, get into let's, news? let's get this going. Let's roll yeah. into the news. Yeah, so, big one. First bit of news, yeah, not only a big piece of news, but uh, a big man, too. John Bernthal is officially confirmed to reprise his role in Daredevil Born Again. Ben, how are you feeling towards this? So I, I saw this, and then I went, 
TikTok is where I, he posted a video, John Bernthal did, on the Real Ones podcast, TikTok. And it was him walking through with the Punisher theme song from the Netflix series, might I add, with the big logo of the Punisher in the background. And he came and sat down and he's like, a Real Ones back, you know, and it was just a very epic, a nice little tease for it. And I was over the moon and I thought, Ethan's going to be over the moon. And then you said, wait, 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 wait. This is not epic. And I'm very interested. Wh- so accompanying what's going on? the news, of course, John Bernthal is a, a top tier actor. Right. I love him in The Punisher. I even made a video uh, talking about why that scene between Daredevil and The Punisher is so fantastic and it actually just crossed a thousand views on youtube so thank you to everyone who watched and liked that i really appreciate it but uh no i love john bernthal but accompanying this great news was some very sad news it said that deborah ann wool and eldon henson would not be returning for daredevil born again that that upset me ben is it confirmed like is that set in stone it's like not- without a doubt the report says that they are not on the cast call. I am more optimistic than most that uh, we got to have those. But yes, Daredevil stories have been told about Karen and Foggy before. It's just that those two are such a heart of those first three seasons. I don't know how you tell this story without them. And I, I know that Daredevil Born Again can be really good because Charlie Cox, fantastic actor. Vincent D'Onofrio, fantastic actor. John Bernthal, great actor. I don't think they would sign on to this if the characters weren't getting the justice they deserved. Because those aren't, those aren't people who necessarily just do things for money. They really do love these respective roles. So yes, I'm very excited for that. But I, I am a little hesitant because I did love Foggy and Karen in the show and yeah i i say i'm more warm about it now having a day to sit and a day to breathe but initially it was hard to get excited because i was just so upset but no as of right now i i am very excited 18 episodes that's the thing 18 episodes and no foggy or karen yeah not once they that just doesn't seem right and like i said there are plenty of daredevil stories told without karen and foggy at the center but i just think that Both those actors are openly uh, very vocal about how they will return. They just have to get a phone call. So give them a call. I mean, it says Nelson and Murdoch on the plaque. Right. So you kind of have to. So would you be mad if they recast them? Oh, that's not even a question. If they recast these characters, I, I'm, (laughs) there's no point. There's no point to recast them. They played them perfectly. Right. They're bringing back Bernthal. They're bringing back D'Onofrio. Charlie Cox is coming back. Why would you? Why would you recast these two? Why is that? Why is that where you draw the line? Right. If you're going to recast, why not? Like, oh, how about this massively expensive John Bernthal guy? Why don't we recast him? No. If you're already bringing people back, bring bring back the squad. Plus, John yeah. Bernthal's Punisher and Karen, uh, Debran Wool is in the Punisher show. They have a relationship outside of the Daredevil story. So just I'm I'm not mad. I just want to see what they do. And I'm a little I'm a little hesitant, but no, th- this is great news about John Bernthal coming. I agree though. You can't have like I'm pretty sure uh, Karen's great, 
but to not have foggy in the mix at all mm-hmm. is really strange to tell a daredevil story without nelson and murdoch right. and it's bold if he's not in it but i'd say it'd just be downright stupid to recast those two it just would be don't well, do that Disney. why would they don't e- recast those yeah. two why would they even my like, thing is this is what i'm thinking they want to recast those two because to establish hey that netflix show while it was great it's not fully canon what better way to do that than a recast now is that insanely stupid yes it would be it would be just bring them back come on bring them back there's no harm in bringing them back if you want that netflix universe to be not fully canon please let us know us Daredevil fans have been waiting so long for just confirmation. And yeah, <laughs> this also screams that it's not going to be as heavy on the lawyer aspect of it as far as which just, is contradictory to reports we've got because they said that they are going to be very lawyer heavy in the show. Which, if you're going to do that, you have to have Nelson and Mark. Yeah. And if you're going to do that, Foggy's got to be in it. And why would you recast him? So are they going to recast him? I don't know. This harkens back to the frustrating bit of fandom that I was talking about earlier. <laughs> why would you right. not just do this? This is a this is a surefire way yeah. to, to Let, Let's save anger for when anger yes. needs to be had. When I am watching Daredevil Born Again and a new character <laughs> comes on who is Foggy and is not played by the same actor, that's when we can be upset. But right now... Sure, they're not on the casting list, but it's 18 episodes and they've just started filming. Maybe they don't appear till episode six or seven. Who knows? They're going to be filming this till December. They still have time to make changes, right? They're in the early, early stages of filming. So let's see what happens. It's, It's far too early to get very angry about this. Let's just look at the positive. John Bernthal confirmed. And also the same Deadline article also says that Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio are key figures in the new Echo series, which takes place before mm. Daredevil Born Again. That's very cool. We we had speculation of this, but getting it outright confirmed. This was all, all this I'm saying was confirmed by the Hollywood Reporter. Yeah. So getting this confirmed by them, it's, it's nice. And it gets me really, really excited for Echo if they are key figures, as this says. Yeah, right. So they're going to... Oh, okay. So that's nice. The thing we've seen about Daredevil and Kingpin is not so much about their like respective worlds, just how they fit into the story that we're being told as far as Hawkeye and Spider-Man goes. So it's nice. I mean, we're going to have to see where they're at, you know? And when he Daredevil appeared in She-Hulk, it was like all the way in San Francisco. A little too quick, and it felt more like... The She-Hulk writers yeah. wrote him in, and they were just really excited to get this character in there. But Echo feels like he'll be more a uh, narrative. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll be he'll be more story centric, which I'm really excited for. And my my thing is, if the Daredevil show isn't canon, and it has to be though that that's my thing. It has to be like I will die in the hill that it is canon through and through. But if it's not canon, that makes the she-Hulk thing his first canon appearance and that's really weird that would be really weird place to make his first canon appearance and to go from there and tell an origin story backwards plus his look his look and feel is too similar to the Daredevil show they have to be embracing that 
But no, yeah, Echo. I'm excited to see D'Onofrio and uh, Charlie Cox and Echo. They've set it up to be possible. Right. They've had they've referenced the MCU before. They have, I mean, even in Hawkeye, it was like Kingpin's been you know a menace to this city for a while. Okay, there you go. Right. Of course, he has been. That fits with their like. There's nothing contradictory yet that makes the Netflix universe non-canon. I mean, it's, it's a, I mean, f- a few things, but nothing they couldn't write Marshall away. Marshall Ali coming back as Blade is yeah. uh, recasting from, uh, <laughs> he played a villain in season two of Luke Cage, but you don't got to make the whole Defenders saga canon. There there are also rumors. Kristen Ritter, who played Jessica Jones, posted a gym selfie of her mm. wearing a Daredevil shirt. So that, that feels like she's teasing us a little that she'll be coming back. And rumors were that she was coming back in, in She-Hulk and she didn't. So try not to jump on any rumor trains right now. How mad would you be if Daredevil started and She-Hulk was his attorney? <laughs> Attorneys at law. Walters and Murdoch. <laughs> Walter, Jen and, Jen and Matt. That'd be really trash. <laughs> They're not doing that. They don't, Hopefully. they're not going to do 18 episodes with She-Hulk at the center of it. They don't have that kind of budget. Hopefully. The VFX. No, Ho- they're not Ho- doing hopefully. that. Hopefully. I mean, I'm confident they'll MCU shoehorn her into an episode or two just yeah. for the sake of it, which whatever. Well, we, we just have to see. We're too far out. Mm-hmm. We're too far out. Uh, they, they said that it'll be very different. You know, D'Onofrio says that it will be very different and we'll just have to see. We have to see how different it truly is. You take every everything great with a grain of salt. Right. John Bernthal's coming back. Excellent. We get a Punisher in the MCU. Foggy and Karen are coming back. That sucks. Right. A great part of Daredevil. Right. So there's, yeah, so, there's a good yeah, and bad John to Bernthal, that info. Great. Yeah. Another John that apparently is really great is John Wick 4, Ben. It is said to be the best action film of the decade. So, I mean, and is the decade only only three <laughs> three years long? Uh, honestly, yeah. So, <laughs> this is what interesting. Twenty twenty doesn't even count because we barely got any action movies or any movies at all in twenty twenty. But, um, I don't know. There's not a lot of contenders. You have uh, Shang Chi, which was good action, but. I mean, everything re- everywhere. They had some fun action in there. Is that an action movie? It's enough kung fu fun I mean, in yeah. there. Uh, there was RRR, which I heard was a great action movie. I still need to see that. I think John Wick could easily take it, though. With the way that his his movies are filmed. Yeah, if you're talking past 10 years, that's a little different. But if we're talking 2020s, then it it's only three years. That's not a lot. COVID happened and what this is better than Black Widow oh, I'm, yeah. I'm sure of it <laughs> what we should be taking from this bit of news is that John Wick 4 is, is a great film is good yes and as a guy who has liked all three films but has seen them a little bit dip in quality I feel like the story's gotten a little too big I like to see that this is because I mean it's it's two hours and 50 minutes that's a want, long movie I want to update the fans of this podcast I watched John Wick 1 for the first time a couple weeks ago and I was kind of cold on it I didn't I didn't really enjoy it as much as I thought I would but this past week I watched John Wick 2 
and I really liked it. I thought it was really well done. I think that they established a, a, a bigger bad, a better antagonist than the first one. A clearer face, a clearer vision. Yeah. So I was able to follow it better, and I enjoyed the action in it. That's great. Like, and three is, I mean, it's even bigger than that. So I'm hoping you'll like it, and I'm, I can't wait for the fourth one to come out because, uh, what did you think of the ending though? When they're in the continental, just a quick little side note. When he's like, Jonathan, just walk away, and the guy's like, Yeah, Jonathan. Walk away and the uh, Yeah, he just he shoots just him. Kills him right in the face. Breaking continental rules. Right. Now everyone's on. And we to saw him. continental rules broken in the first one too, though. So it's uh major consequences. Yeah, there are consequences there, but no, I like I liked it. I liked it a lot. And that guy Cassian, he fights. He's a great fight with Cassian yeah. in John Wick Two and I don't know. I just I found I bought into the narrative more than I did the first one. The first one was okay. Guy steals his car and kills his dog. Very sad stuff. But I don't know if it necessarily justifies all the murder that takes place after that. But with John Wick 2, he gets his car back. You realize, oh, he loved this car so much because it had a, that picture of his wife in it. You know, whatever. That that reaffirms what the first movie was. It, there was something sentimental about that car to him. Mm-hmm. And then it proceeds to make the story about, oh, he's in debt to this guy, so he has to do all this stuff or else he'll die. I felt like what he does did is more justified in two, so I was able to support oh, him as a character the, more. Yeah. It's hard for me to buy into a movie if I don't think what the character is doing is believable. Yeah. Well, I mean, he burns down his house, right. and all his pictures yes. of his wife are, like, gone. Yeah. So, yeah, I will say that's... I buy into the first one, but there's a better way to do that. I agree with you in the second one. But that's why people love the first one is how simple it is. Yeah. Right? It was the first movie like that that did it. Well, it wasn't the first movie like that, but it was the first movie to do it really, really well. So I'm excited to see John Wick 4. That's at the end of the month, right? March 24th? Yeah. Something else that is at the end. The Flash has finally wrapped its nine seasons of television. They've the show are you talking about? Or are you talking about the wrapped, movie? They have finally wrapped filming the show. Isn't the show on right now? The show is airing right now, but that's the way the seasons are what? 22 episodes. So I thought there was only like nine episodes in this season or something like that. That's interesting. But you said the flash is finished. Yep. They've officially wrapped filming episodes. I believe are still airing. But filming is done. Oh wow! Is this sad in you, Ben? As a as a Flash fan, I, know I mean, we, we, after last week, yeah, <laughs> Red Dead. We read it a few weeks ago I, or watched it. Um, what a crappy show, dude! <laughs> what a crappy show. Respect to the people who make it, but yeah, you could have could have maybe d- did something better. You could have used your brains. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> when making the, t- I don't know. It, it it's not great. I'm glad it's done, but um, yeah, not really. Uh, I probably I was gonna try and watch the ending of the Flash, but 
after seeing the Red Death scene, I don't want anything to do with it. I'll probably watch the last, the very, very last episode and see how they send off the character. <gasps> what if the ending shows him speeding towards the Snyderverse and he is the new Flash? We see him go to Hawaii and look at Ezra Miller as he's beating up that woman in the bar. He's like, this is no Flash. So he kills him and takes his spot. In the DC Universe, and Ezra Miller, not Ezra Miller, Grant Gustin is the new Flash. Mm. That's the end scene of the Flash TV show. I like it. Great pitch. I'm into that, man. <laughs> Good stuff. He stops that, the villain. That's how James Gunn wants to start his resetted DC <laughs> Universe with uh, an actor who's played the Flash for nine years and exhausted the role to death reprising his role in a brand new universe it's really true perfect you need a new actor it'd be cool to see grant gustin there but you need a new actor playing the flash for sure um something else that's new though a disturbance in the force documentary we have covered the holiday special on this podcast go check that podcast out if you'd like our thoughts on probably the strangest thing that star wars has ever done and now we're getting an in-depth look at the holiday special with a documentary called A Disturbance in the Force. It's going to take a like a bird's eye view of everything that went on, why Lucas let it happen. It's going to be really interesting. And if you've seen the holiday special, you've no doubt wondered, why does this exist? In what universe does this exist? And also, you know, the the forces of good you know because it's it's nothing but pure trash so i I encourage you not to watch the special but to go listen to our coverage of the holiday special you'll probably get a little more enjoyment out of that you yes absolutely because that's the that and that's the best way to do it because i've been watching some cody co recently on his coverage of um uh, what's the new show the new one <laughs> milf milf manor oh, that's the best way to consume that type of content don't watch the show you mean watch you wanna, someone make fun you want to sit down and watch milf manor absolutely right? not it's an, like i even have trouble watching it while i'm watching cody co because i'm like how does this show even exist but he makes it great and i think that we make the holiday special great by talking about <laughs> it on the podcast yeah, that we are equal with cody co in our levels of being able to discuss things you I heard would, it from ben not from me i wouldn't say that no i would say we're better than cody <laughs> co get him out of there his videos are pretty good our videos are really good you know that's also the key we're also Something very else. humble really good ben do you want to read this one the, the the lord of the rings yeah man so this came across me like last week and I was, oh, I was over the moon. And then I looked and all the showtimes were gone, but Return of the King, some would consider to be the greatest movie of all time, certainly the greatest Lord of the Rings movie, I know you think that, is coming back to theaters for its 20th anniversary. It's been out for 20 years now and they're celebrating it as far as across all theaters go on, I believe it is April 13th. A Thursday. Such a random day. Such a random day. And it's not just the Return of the King. It's the full four hour and 11 minutes of Return of the King. We're getting it cut. Dude. Yeah. Not the theatrical version. (laughs) In theaters, you can go and watch four hours and 11 minutes. Ben, what is the longest movie you've seen in theaters? Uh, Endgame. 
it is Avengers Endgame. Three hours and one minute, I believe. Okay, so this is this beats that by an hour and ten minutes. So that's going to be the difference. Is here is that this is a perfect film. So and you've already seen it. So if you got to run, take a little pee. Right. I know the scenes yeah. to skip out on, but it's going to be cool, man. Because I've never seen Lord of the Rings in theaters. No. I don't think the extended editions have ever been released in theaters. Might have to fact check that. But that is, I mean, if you're a fan of Lord of the Rings, you got to go see this in theaters, man. Like this, this is something that needs to be on everyone's docket. It's only one day though. It's on a Thursday right. night too, in the work week. I'm sure if you're a fan, you're gonna be all about it. Well, yeah, I work. You know, me, me and your wife, we work till seven on. Thursday night. So if we want to see this, we'll have to leave, go to the theater, and then have a four-hour movie. We're there till what? What is that? 11? 11 o'clock? Yeah, you most likely won't leave there till 11.30. Yeah. It's pretty late. That's pretty late. And not only that, like, I'm assuming, you. I mean, you work on Friday. All right. I open on Friday. Like, dude. But, you know what I say to that? A small price to pay to see... Lord of the Rings. You know what I say to that? Is send me and Ben some money. Whoa! So we <laughs> we don't have to go do these other jobs. That would be awesome. We take sponsorships. We take PayPal. Just send it right over Venmo. Go yeah, ahead. I'll leave, I'll leave the Venmo in the comments. Check down below. Description. <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be great. But yeah, go check out Lord of the Rings, dude. That that's that was probably the most epic piece of news that I that came across, you know, my desk this week as far as nerd goes i know people are excited about that ben have you been keeping up with the last of us weekly i have i i just watched the most recent episode last night well i am very behind on the last of us <laughs> i'm probably five episodes behind at what this was point. the last episode you watched last one i saw was with the bloater oh holy so cow you're like four episodes behind it's been a while yeah so i i'm hoping to get back on that but we do have some comments we actually got a few, three three bits of news for The Last of Us. The first one being The Last of Us actor from the game, Jeffrey Pierce, uh, who played Tommy Miller in the games, told the direct told direct that Mahershala Ali was at one point set to play Joel before they cast Pedro Pascal. What an interesting choice! What an interesting choice! Yeah, <laughs> like wow! Like they were just really gonna go. I mean, Mahershala like, Ali, fantastic phew. actor. Absolutely. And I think he could have played it really well. He's nowhere near to the level that Pedro Pascal is no. at a, from a popularity standpoint. I think I think they made the right choice to go with Joel. And what I saw here, Jeffrey Pierce, dude, I didn't know that all the actors from the game make appearances in the show. The most recent episode had Troy Baker, who voiced Joel, as one of the one of the main dudes that they see. You know? That was that's really cool. Then I went back and looked at all the cast members. I'm like, holy cow. They've had every voice cast from The Last of Us, almost all of them, make a cameo in the show, which was epic. Like that's that's really cool. But what is I mean, obviously very interesting is Bella Ramsey's comments about the finale. And who she says the season finale is going to be it's going to divide the fans like big time. I, I so 
this is where I kind of am fortunate, where me and you are fortunate, because we haven't seen the ending of The Last of Us. I'm right. just going to judge this as how it flows with the story. How's, how's the show end? Right. You know, what's, what's the ending of the show? Does it work? So it sounds like this, they're going to deviate a little from the ending of the game, which I have no idea how it ends. Right. So I, I actually I actually do. I had it spoiled for me. Oh, did you? I did. Yeah. Is it a big spoiler? It was a big spoiler. Yeah, it was a big one. It was one of those ones where... Who gotcha? Is Who a, gotcha? Johnny actually did. Ooh, my brother-in-law. Yeah. Right in your own home. Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a stab, a betrayal in the back. You know, I, I was not very happy about it. It was on the level of like Cap lifts Mjolnir level, so... But yeah, this if it's going to divide the fan base massively, they're going to divide over 4 million people because uh, Last of Us Episode 8 reached 8.1 million viewers on its premiere night, which is a whopping 74% increase from the series premiere. Wow. Yeah, that's insane. 74%. 8, 8 million households. I don't know any, what other show is increase like that through a season that's pretty insane because it was already the biggest premiere in hbo max history right and now they've increased that by 74 percent wow dude that's huge and that's 8.1 million people on premiere night yeah i don't even count that i'm not even in there i haven't even seen the episode yet in my opinion i'll give quick thoughts we're going to do a whole last of us wrap-up podcast i do have my thoughts on it but why are people so like I don't know I I guess it's just a lot of people who played the game, but me who has not Why played the game. Why out of every show is this the show? Right, right. Like HBO show. Like this is this is the, outdoing House of Dragon. Like how is that possible? Is Last of Us that good of a show? I don't think so. It's good, but I don't know. It's been very up and down for me. So like it has to be the the I mean me and you are watching it because we love TV. Yeah. Tons of people are watching it because they loved the game. Yeah. A lot of people are watching it because they love zombies. I think it just is merging a lot of different mediums and a lot of different people are clamoring towards it. Well, so my thing is with the zombies though, like uh and what other show has a face that is Pedro Pascal at yeah, the center? Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I will say the relationship between Joel and Ellie, though, is really good. They have certainly done very well in that aspect. But, I mean, yeah, that that's, I mean, that's good. I want to know what you guys are thinking, though. So if you, if you, well, first of all, if you've made it this far, leave your comment down below. I want to know what you guys are thinking about The Last of Us. Like, are you guys enjoying it? I, I'm not the biggest fan of it, but... Yeah, I, let us know what you think. Uh, let us know what you think down below. Very interesting piece of news that we got though about an upcoming Marvel film is that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three will be the longest in all of the Guardians trilogy, and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two is already two hours and seventeen minutes. So we are probably looking at two hours and thirty. You know, that's fine. You can make it fine, three I mean, hours. Yeah, dude. if it's the emotional send off of these characters, mm -hmm. by all means. And uh, James Gunn has also released a tweet this week. Uh, it's not our first look at the High Evolutionary, but he says, can't wait for you all to meet this guy. Hashtag Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, hashtag High Evolutionary. And as a, a look at the actor or the, the character, the High Evolutionary, mm. who is in John Wick 2. I just learned this. It's pretty cool. I saw him in John Wick 2 and I'm like, oh, that's the High Evolutionary. Is he the guy behind the desk? 
No, no, he's not. Shoot, I'm 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 not recognizing him. I do. I just saw this movie. Looks like you are not where you need to be. No, I'm not. He another interesting thing that James Gunn said, and and this will um. He goes, and I love that James Gunn is doing this on uh, Instagram Twitter. and Twitter and all yeah. that stuff. He says, uh, a fan asked him, how much of the chapter one slate did you reveal about the DC slate? And he says, less than half. Less than half. What? We had 10 projects, man. Like 10 future projects. So you telling me that fate, like the first slate chapter of one. chapter one is going to yeah. be like over 20 projects? That's huge, man. Told over how many years? All right, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. Phase one of the MCU was what? We're currently five going through movies? it. Five movies. Five movies, <laughs> or, or six, six with Avengers. Yes. And how many years was that? That was 2008 to 2012. So, yep, four years. Okay. So, how long does Give James, five, you James Gunn want chapter? One to take? Maybe the chapters are going to be much longer. As far, because I mean, the phases have been, and there's no like set rule how he's going to do this. It no. doesn't have to have phases or chapters. It doesn't have to climax to anything, or doesn't have to lead up to anything. He's telling his own story here. But yeah, over twenty projects. That's yeah. a lot to a lot. start. Who knows? That's 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 very interesting to see what they're going to do. We talk about Kevin Feige being stretched too thin. James Gunn's about to be in the same boat. Who knows? I, I highly doubt that everything that he said that he wants to put out is going to come out. Projects fall through, man. And it's very interesting to go out there and just say you're going to do this stuff. It's another thing entirely to actually go and do it. I want to see it happen. But do I think it's realistic? I'm not the most like optimistic about whether or not it's going to happen. I want to see it happen, though. But something that I do eventually, like I really do want to see happen, and we've talked about this a while, and it's it's the last bit of news that is on this docket, and it's you know Loki producer Stephen Broussard, and he has said that uh, Loki season two is very unexpected, and that audience will be very excited to see what Tom Hiddleston's Loki, you know, what else he can do with that character, and going in unexpected places. We expect, I expect them to be hunting Kang knowing that this and especially Stephen Broussard because he's great he's been involved with Marvel for a long time and knowing that this will be going in unexpected places it just gets me that more excited for a Loki season 2 production not only that it has started but it, it's almost finished and that it's going to come out I'm, I'm, dude I'm hoping for a summer release date at, at the soonest but I wouldn't be surprised if we see some cameos, some multiversal cameos as far as characters go. Deadpool. I think we'll see a Deadpool. I would. That's where my brain goes. That's where my brain goes. I like keeping Loki narratively tied to Loki. Like, I don't like going yeah. too expansive with yes, it. Yes, I agree. Because I I'm think already, that's yeah. what the big movie should be for. Like, that's what Multiverse of Madness should have been for, like, to to see those characters. And, and we did see a few of them. We saw Charles Xavier, you know, Reed Richards. But I, th- I, I like keeping those big cameo stuff to the yeah. movies. I like I like telling your own story with Loki. But something else that I want to uh, say before, before we leave here yeah. is we'll probably talk about this when it's officially confirmed. But there is a report going around that uh, Disney could trade its stake in Hulu to Comcast in exchange for the Hulk's theatrical distribution. Distribution rights. 
And we Ooh. already know that in She-Hulk, they teased a Hulk movie coming out. <laughs> so this would track with yeah. that. Uh, a Hulk movie that I don't want to see very much. I know. Now, now they get the rights to Hulk. Phase five in the MCU. They, <laughs> fi- they finally do it. They can make Hulk movies. Heck yeah. <laughs> they got to make me excited about Hulk, man. They do. Because where he's at right now, I don't care. The most uninteresting part of Hulk's journey. I empathize with those people who want to savage Hulk because there's nothing like that right now that we have in the MCU. And I think it's something that we need, but I'd be all for that, man. I think Spider-Man and all his characters should be with Marvel. We're one step closer to having Marvel have every right to every character. Right. And on that note, so Madam Web is in production and uh, Sydney Sweeney, who has been announced to be in the the film for for months now she was reportedly playing a spider woman of which we don't know which version of that version no is but i'm thinking could it be gwen stacy i'm thinking a spider woman who cares well who cares about madam it's interesting though because that movie actually does look you know whether or not it's going to be good it's going to have spider people in it and and uh adam scott is in the movie. He's been cast. So you're fresh off Severance. So whoa, you, know, whoa, whoa, you know that what? Adam's. Yeah. I did not know this. Yeah, Adam Scott said to be film? playing maybe an Uncle Ben character. So if Adam Scott signed on, maybe the script is all right. But we'll see. What? We'll see. What? Ben, do you want to do want to tell any listeners still listening why they should watch Severance real quick? Oh, I mean, if you're a fan of The Office or if you're a fan of Lost or if you were a fan of good television, go watch Severance. It's on Apple TV Plus, so many people probably don't have the uh, resources to do that. But if you're looking for a TV series that is not connected to anything that you don't need anything to know about, that is a good mystery style, most recently we've gotten a show like that with uh, Wanda. It's very WandaVision and Loki-esque to where you are getting But much better guessing. than both of those. Uh, I, okay, Loki, though, much better than close. Loki. For me, no. For me, yes. But <laughs> Severance is absolutely, absolutely fantastic. Like, it is some of the best television going on right now. It's back to keep you guessing yes. every episode. The acting is fantastic. The music is really good. That little Severance theme notes on the piano Award-winning are great. Theme. Yeah. Um, and the ending is great climax to the first oh season. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah, go watch Severance. I've yeah. been clamoring for the show now and Ben finally was able to sit down and watch it and you watched what? All nine episodes in the span of two 24 days. hours maybe? Two days. Two days. Yeah. <laughs> two days. Impressive. Yeah. Watched it all in two days because it was, it was that good every time you'd end the episode it was like do we want, do we, are we keep, are we just going to keep sitting There's and watching There's nothing this? I'd rather do in this world and watch the next episode of severance right now that's where i was yes. at. that's where that's where we were at it was that good. i love that and so yeah. always love it when my recommendations are a hit you know so. i've never had well i i'd have to think about it but i don't think i've ever had a recommendation that i've been disappointed about that you've given me Ethan. Mm. and you have you know done it once again with severance so go watch that and uh yeah that that I'm still fresh off of that. It was still one of the greatest pieces of television I've ever seen. It was fantastic, dude. So, highly recommend. Go give that 
a uh, a watch. And um, other than that, I think that's it for news. Yeah. For this we're week, all up. we've got Captain America coming out on Monday that we're going to be doing tomorrow. Greatly looking forward to talking about that. So tune into that as we go into Last of Us is finishing up this Sunday. So expect a recap podcast on that show. We're greatly looking forward to that. And uh, we thank you for sticking around this long. You know, for those of you who have stuck around, we we appreciate you guys. And uh, go check out the YouTube. We've actually we've been uh, getting a little bit of traction on the YouTube website. Ethan has mentioned the Daredevil video reaching a uh, thousand views, and uh, we've had a couple other videos that have been doing pretty well. So consider giving us support through that channel. But for now, as far as this week goes, this is Ben Rayside. This is Ethan Watzloff. signing off. We all hope you have a very fantastic day.